Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Yeah. Was was it different? How different was it? Um, education. Education-wise, yeah. I could say, uh, in terms of practicals, I learned a lot. Mm. Because even like when you think of uh, a bachelor of science degree in a Kenyan institution. Mm. How many times did you actually sit in the practicals and finish everything and write a report before you called on like some old school, uh, someone who was in the same course ahead of you to show you what they did, you know? But then, mm-hmm. he, uh, okay, you lost. Hey. <laughs> I hope you're not getting annoyed with this thing. No, I'm, okay. I'm quite patient. I'm on, I'm on holiday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, that's good. Uh, so, I was saying, like, in our usual programs in in Kenya, Kenyatta University, mm-hmm. you, you, you go through your theoretical classes and then you're required mm-hmm. to report to the lab and do some mm-hmm. practical and write a report. Yeah. Uh, 90% of the students will probably just skip the practical or sit back at the practical and chat on their phone and then ask Mm. someone else who had done the course the previous year Mm. to show them the report and they can how do you call repurpose that and submit and pass (laughs) to repurpose (laughs) (laughs) just being civil here so, and then you get to these institutions abroad and you realize that the, the, the practical they did last year is just a guide to help you do another practical this year. It's never the same. Same, yeah. So you have to sit and do it. Mm. You have to do it. Mm. So you, you get to now instill that uh, the culture of actually doing more than just... Uh, cramming things and then uh, you cram and then you put them back on the exam examination paper you know so that's mm. that's quite a big difference and um, the other one is I think it, it humbles you in a mm. sense that you, you you get into this space whereby you you, you 
for example, you we studied with uh, some guys who are like big shots in in Kenya, mm. and then you you go abroad and then you're suddenly moving from your government uh, procured uh, four wheel drive, your Prado, mm. to a bicycle, you know. Mm. So then suddenly you the I don't know manager of whatever and the guy that went to Nairobi pathology you are equally <laughs> on <laughs> on a bicycle and mm-hmm. you know fighting for second and stuff because you if you if you lie to yourself that you're gonna afford <laughs> fresh out of the supermarket stuff you, you're not going to afford it it's you mm-hmm. you will be broke within a first month it doesn't matter I mean there are a few exceptions I mean we we have ministers kids out here and they they actually receive school fees from mm. Kenya which is the opposite of what everybody else does is earn here and send money to Kenya you know mm, mm, mm. but in most okay. cases if you are in Europe uh, the, 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 the 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 fees by itself you're you're paying like what two million per year uh, as a master's which program which money uh two million Kenya shillings oh. so if you are paying 20,000 euros mm. to just tuition and then rent is waiting for you calculated per week, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're probably paying another 56. You, you, you're paying your current rent for a single room. <laughs> mm. Wow. <laughs> you know, it, it, things things add up pretty fast and then you, you 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 can't afford i mean even if you afford it you can't afford to be using like a taxi or anything all the time you you have to get on the bicycle and get on with it so it's humbling it teaches you another perspective like there is there is this other side of life that mm. people just particularly don't think about and we when you meet these people in Nairobi again, uh, they like in parliament, I know two of them that we met and they are already in parliament representing mm. their constituents. Mm. You, you can see the difference. Uh, the, 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 the head of uh, like environmental staff at the city hall, that, mm. that lady, mm. she was at Vahelingen and we used to chat. You know, you meet them and you're like, so what did you learn at Vahenigan that you've implemented? And you can see these programs. So it gives you a different perspective, which is, I think, important in in your growth and in your career as an individual. Um, you want to talk about being black and being in a... I, I think so we... we we covered that somewhere in between when I was saying like yeah. when, when you are the, the, the black guy that, uh, most of the time we, we normally have this uh, reality where we say there is a ceiling there, there is the black ceiling and then there is the ceiling for everybody else from you know you, you start arranging it goes from if you are in Australia, you will start looking for an Australian, and if you can't find that, you go through the European system, UK, and then Ireland, you know, go, and then you can lower it to the US, and then Europe, you know, and then if you really can't find anybody, you go through India, China, Latin America before you're really looking for an African, you know, mm. <laughs> in terms of promotions and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. So. You, you you have that reality that you wake up with 
every morning even professionals here mm-hmm. i attended this uh, uh, web uh, webinar by a kenyan lady here in australia i think she's mm-hmm. called uh, gatwere something uh, from i think queensland if not melbourne and she mm-hmm. said she interviewed professionals african mm-hmm. professionals mm-hmm. in australia mm-hmm. and it's something she called being in perpetual strangerhood mm-hmm. in that you know if you are a doctor mm-hmm. you have this uh, you, you, you you have a practice and mm-hmm. patients are supposed to come and be treated irrespective of who is treating them so mm-hmm. at first the patients will be uh, preferring to go away from you a trained mm-hmm. and experienced doctor and mm-hmm. they they would rather be treated by a white intern than a qualified mm-hmm. and experienced black, black doctor. Well, so and it cuts across all the the, the other departments. I mean, I, I thank God that uh, you you get to to gain some of these experiences, and you tell yourself, "I'm trained enough that nobody is going to undermine my experience." They can look at me however they want, but mm. my my expertise and my knowledge stays. And when I'm contributing and I'm not interrupting anybody, mm. then y'all better sit and listen to what I have to say, mm. and then rebut with scientific facts. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which you can. So you, you yeah. You get to grow to that point, but then. Before you get there, you're in this uh, in this uh, cycle in where you are always a stranger. So that's the per- perpetual strangerhood. So when she interviews, <laughs> she interviews uh, so many expatriates from the 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 African continent okay. and the 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 the. the the continent as a whole so she got to interview so many of the, the expatriates here the, so the, the, the experts actually working here professionals mm-hmm. and so the the, the the theme was the same you start with people being skeptical about mm-hmm. what you are actually capable of mm-hmm. and then you you because you have to work twice as much you know to even get that recognition <laughs> Mm-hmm. For somebody to even give you a contract and renew it, you 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 basically worked twice as much as the next guy. Mm. <laughs> Just to prove yourself, so, which which I don't think is right. Yeah, it's it's not, but it's the reality. I mean, we we we, we tend to put too too much emphasis on racism, but then we forget that human beings are discriminatory in nature. You know, yeah. you go to Kenya, forget about the color. You are all the same color, but you go to yeah. Mombasa, they will be like, "Oh, you know, Jamawabara, Alitoaka, Ziapa." You know, it's. It's the reality of life. Yeah, it's true. By the way, like. And You'll, you go yeah. to you go to to Nairobi. They will be asking, "Hey, you from Nyakemincha, what are you doing here?" You know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> How did you get here? Mm. 
say if it's not uh, racism, there will be nepotism, there will be tribalism. Mm-hmm. Then when you are all equal and you remove all the tribes and everything, then there will be the rich and the poor. There will be who, who was your grandfather. You know, you are a nobody. There's uh, always some did, line. Uh, did your grandfather go to Oxbridge? You know. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So th- there will be that, but then this kind of things, because you've put in an effort and you've improved yourself as a scientist, as a researcher, mm. and you you naively expect a, like a fair playing ground. Mm. And I, I have to be thankful that in most cases I, I have had a good sale and I, I have had good bosses. Hmm. good to the level that they actually listened to what I had to say. They interviewed me and then they gave me an opportunity to kind of present my skills and put them to work and also to learn from the other people in hmm. the departments. Hmm. Then you, you, you kind of experience uh, some things that kind of make you almost lose your faith in in humanity, you know. You, mm-hmm. you get this uh, PhD student who feels like you're shit because you can't do something like they are doing, you know. But then two weeks later, they can't also do something that you're doing and they find out so quickly that, yeah, you, you also have your <laughs> things that you're good at, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't understand. So there, there is that balance. You, you get to strike it and you... You learn to live that quiet life. <laughs> what did you call and it? And I guess, uh, call what? There's a term, stranger something. Uh, uh, perpetual strangerhood. It's perpetual strangerhood. Oh. If you if you write that very thing on your browser, you might find it. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, it's the first thing you get up there. Perpetual strangerhood. Experiences of highly skilled African Australian professionals in the workplace. So, there it is. University of Melbourne. And the author is Dr. Kathomi Gatwere. Oh, okay. It's actually very specific to... Okay, yeah, I've seen it. So that's researched work. <laughs> mm. Anyway, but beyond that, you, you, you also get to like collaborate with uh, researchers in African institutions, and I'm, I'm happy I'm always getting those chances and uh, to even like contribute, even uh, advise in some data analysis or policy stuff, and that's those are some of the the highs uh, you get, and you you get to enjoy being part of the conversation. It's actually a last year last year's paper: boundaries of belonging, theorizing Black African migrant experiences in Australia. Okay. 
Interesting. Um, so have you ever thought of, uh, since you're already collaborating with uh, people in your, the country you come from, Kenya and other places, I'm guessing, have you planned mm-hmm. to go back to where you come from <laughs> and apply whatever you've learned? And, you know. Look, I will just be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't plan to retire here. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. But then also, I'm not in a hurry because when I was in a hurry, I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Because that, that, that period between uh, me finishing my PhD and then interviewing for this in, uh, with this institution in Kenya and not really interviewing because when I presented myself, People are not happy. They never showed up. They were I don't not know happy. If, yeah, what else would you call it when people know that you have an interview and then the individuals in the panel just disappear? <laughs> okay. So it means said, they don't want to interview you. Mm. You said you just so you're only left. You're only left with the with the this esteemed <laughs> professor who, who, who even suggested your name and thought that they they can benefit by having you work and train with them. Mm. <laughs> but then, so you 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 you've taken your flight, you've taken your taxi to this institution. You've met mm. this. I mean. In a sense, it was a bittersweet moment because I also got through this individual to get to meet even the director of the institution and the director of research because then he was like, yes, I can see that all these other people are not here. So what what else can we do? Let mm. me show you around. Let me, yeah. let me show you the people that actually matter in this. So that also shows you the, the determination that they had to mm. have me uh, be with them there for that particular <laughs> interval. But yeah. so beyond that, uh, almost everybody else disappeared. Mm. And the excuses were like, oh, yeah, I, I realized I have to be up countries. I don't know in which institution I realized I have to do this. And I, even the people I just wanted to have a conversation with, because at that time I also reach, uh, reached out to someone at uh, at Camry. Mm. Uh, it's a senior person, and they they actually they, they we we had a conversation that whole week before I went to Kenya. I was like, I'll be in Kenya for this mm. period, and. If you really don't mind, I can steal 30 minutes of your time. Just tell me about what you do in terms of research and all that. Mm. Simple, plain. I wasn't asking mm. for a job. I was just mm. have a conversation, you know, mm. Mm. one, one uh, upcoming scientist to a senior scientist. scientist. You know? So I, I don't know what happens within our institutions, but on the day when... We were supposed to meet. Mm. I fueled up uh, my car, drove all the way to Camry, up mm. there past Ngumo. Is it Ngumo Estate yeah. behind there? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, this guy didn't show up. 
and when I called, he said he was uh, he had gone to the farm in Eldoret, mm. but he promised that he will be back the following day. Mm. So I went back the following day, and he said he mm. was late to come back to Nairobi, but he can send his PhD student to talk to me, which I was <laughs> grateful that he was offering. But then the PhD student also didn't meet me. He actually said that he was doing something in the lab that was going to take the whole day. Ah. So that's not even giving you an option to rebook. It's like, uh, I'm not available today. Thank you. So those are the experiences you get sometimes as a as a returning resident, trained abroad, mm. ready to even just have a conversation, start a conversation. That, that that's a reception you get. Why do you think that happens? What what have you had? What do you think happens? N- not what I've had. Uh, I'm I'm lucky that. Uh, most of the people that we were having these mature conversations with and the people that we also work with now, uh, mm. I mean, people like Professor Stephen Bruno, mm. they, 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 they have the, I think it's because also they have experienced uh, life abroad before uh, re-entering our Kenyan market and then establishing there. But then they understand that uh, Sometimes a conversation is just that. It's a conversation. Mm. Yeah. And when things get to be serious, you, you're supposed to talk about research and all that. Mm. We also understand the, the boundaries. But then I think some of the, the researchers in our institutions, when they, when you send even your CV, mm. people start getting intimidated. And they don't want you close there. I'm like, there, there is enough opportunity for everybody, but I think some people feel threatened. They, they don't want you. Everyone. Yeah, there is. There is an uh, Africa is a is a young uh, a young continent in terms of research, in terms of growth. And if all the funders and everybody they, they are putting their resources to fund research. In Africa, it's the frontier. So, why does anybody think that if they gave you that opportunity to even start a collaboration or start a conversation, mm. that it's a bad thing? And yeah. I respect uh, some researchers. Like, uh, I mean, I I didn't know Professor Imongi at the University of Nairobi, but. I made an appointment and he actually graciously just had a chat with me. And in the end, mm-hmm. we ended up saying like, we, if we ever have um, a research program that is aligned, I'll be happy to even have some of their students and all that. But yeah, people don't uh, value the importance of having these conversations. Yeah, that will actually give collaborations or create a space for collaborations and growth for everyone. Yeah. Mm. And then there are funds that require that you have collaborators from a certain region or, yeah. you know, just having this conversation. I can know of an Australian funding uh, 
program that requires uh, support from the African institutions, guess who is the first person you're going to call? That person you had that conversation with. Exactly. That's interesting. (laughs) So, uh, you haven't answered my question, really. Yes. Mm. Which question? Would I come back? Uh, At the moment, no. Eventually, yes. When, When I think... I can't give you a timeline because I mean at the moment I have a family here and mm. my 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 son doesn't know anything else uh, besides Australia mm. <laughs> which is a, a big huge, factor huge so thing. before I even think about myself I have to think how am I affecting him mm. and unless I I I, I have some kind of project that is keeping me there for like five years you know mm-hmm. and then as I said it's it's quite difficult to always be uprooting your life you know for science not knowing and when you actually know that, that you want to be in a place longer you you've taken your mortgage you have your family then it becomes a conversation of more than just you mm. yeah is that the nomad scientist concept you're you're you telling me about earlier? Yes, as a nomad scientist, is the moment you take that flight from Nairobi, you basically don't know where the next uh, stop will be. I know people who started from the UK, went to the US, and then ended up somewhere in Western Europe, you know. Mm. And like the likes of me, I started from Nairobi and the Netherlands and back to Nairobi and then the US and then back to Nairobi and then Netherlands, UK, Netherlands, Australia. Chris, I for some time, <laughs> for one day or two. <laughs> yeah, so you're basically a nomad because mm. you, 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 your cattle is the science. But then mm-hmm. science is also unpredictable, especially mm-hmm. academia. It's becoming so competitive and so unpredictable. So mm-hmm. you become a nomad scientist as opposed to the helicopter scientists. Those are the ones that land in Africa. They use you guys to correct data and then they disappear with the results. They don't remember you in the, mm-hmm. in the publications. <laughs> <laughs> They are the first one. Uh, they write. Uh, someone was not even in the in the. Yeah, so they write struggle. a story. Hmm. They write a story about uh, healthcare in Kenya. Hmm. They don't live in Kenya. They never had uh, research interests in Kenya. So they basically came to Kenya to collect data, or they used local scientists to collect hmm. data. But then this data is processed abroad, interpreted mm-hmm. abroad, mm-hmm. and concluded abroad. Abroad without any input from without, people. Without your input, the people on the ground. Yes. <laughs> Those uh, helicopter scientists. <laughs> Are there other types of scientists? <laughs> there's helicopter, there's no more. Is there another kind of scientist? I don't know. I know of those two for sure. <laughs> What is the main 
uh, reason why uh, scientists are more nomads? I think mostly it's funding, mm. nothing else. Because if you don't have your own funding and establish your own lab, mm. then it means you're depending on someone else to get funding and employ you. Mm. Yeah. So, and where that's the case, then you will most likely be moving from one lab to another, but then you have no control where this lab will be. You only have control of your, your niche domain, mm. you know, your, your, your specific, uh, uh research interest. Mm. Yeah. So you, you, you actually have less control on, where you will land, mm. but then you have control of like, I, I want to work with pathogens and I want to work with pathogen, uh, host pathogen interactions. So that's, that's your niche domain and anywhere that is available, that's where you're going. So, um, what do you think, uh, can solve this? Cause it, it actually affects first... your life in one way or another, right? Yes, it does. The, the, the mm. first one is, uh, if like talking of like the, our, our governments, we just need at least government to put in a guaranteed, uh, part of the budget for research mm-hmm. mm. for R and D, like no, no excuses. Mm. And when that happens, then you will have this crop of scientists. Mm. that don't have to wait for the Welcome Trust to put in funds for them to be researching malaria. There is always a part of our government fund, like the CDF, uh, mm. you know, that is uh, revolving year, yearly and it's channeled to, towards the, the research and development. Mm. Mm. And then, so that will reduce the movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will attract, uh, it will attract, uh, talent. Mm-hmm. But then this talent is more likely to stay because there is a guaranteed funding. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't say people become complacent, but I'm saying people will kind of have something more structured and something more determined. Uh, is that the right word? I think they will, they will have something more stable to, to, to look forward to. And that will kind of create an environment for people not to be nomads. Because it's the yeah. same as our, our institutions for, for higher learning. We, yeah. You get somebody teaching from Kenyatta University and then in the afternoon they're in Nairobi University and in the evening they're in Machakos University. Mm-hmm. And some of them even drive overnight so that they can catch a, a class at Maseno before finishing up at Kisi, mm. you know. And all this is because if you haven't paid somebody enough or you haven't created a stable environment for them to be mm. having a stable impact, then mm. they'll just be walking around and then moon, moon, moonlighting, they call it, or moon, yeah, moonlighting. Looking for opportunities. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to add that you feel like oh, yeah. we haven't oh, talked yes. about? Mm-hmm. I think the, the part it's because we, we didn't we didn't really expand on it because mm-hmm. uh, you asked me about 
what it feels like to transition from a Kenyan institution to like another institution abroad and the in most part now going back to even the kind of you know once we go through these channels you get to tell others that this is the way to follow to get to this scholarship or this is uh, you know this is the the route to this end mm. and which is mainly what we do here now when we are having this conversation because somebody be like so how do i get there so the thing i noticed uh with many of our fresh graduates i don't know if it's for the lack of knowledge or just for just people being lazy mm. our students don't do their homework at all and there is nothing like uh, a pi out here will hit most like a student who comes unprepared, mm-hmm. <laughs> made before an interview or for an application. You know, the moment I ask somebody, can you share your CV so that I can help you? Like we can start a conversation there because I don't know this person. I've never met them. So the only way I can get what they are about is to get their CV, go through their LinkedIn profile or their professional portfolio. Mm. And you are an undergraduate student or graduate, uh, fresh graduate, sending me an eight-page CV. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I take a step back and I'm like, what, what, what kind of joke is this? My, my, my CV is three pages. Mm. <laughs> I can make it to eight, but it's three. It's three for a reason. So, and then you tell somebody to kind of give you like a concept or a motivation letter or anything, and they're like, "Can I borrow yours?" And that's a reality, and that's ninety percent of this, the people I, interacted with. Can wait. I borrow your your motivation? How did? Can I see what yours looked like? Can you send me yours? Wait, you're the one looking for a student, right? Yes, and I'm the one the trying to guide somebody. I'm the one guiding somebody to like apply for a scholarship or apply for admission, you know, anything. Yeah, and okay, so and then funny. from from the first two or three interactions, they have already shown you that they are ill prepared. So that leaves you with all these questions, like how are they going to survive even the program, you know? Because mm. <laughs> a motivation that you you should, the, the correct answer will be like, okay, give me a minute, I think about it and I write it, because it's your motivation. Whatever mm. makes you wake up in the morning, every day, all day, I mean all week, and then you go through the year waking up every day before seven and be ready for the day what what is it that drives you mm-hmm. so that i i guess it's the kind of conversations we might want to start having with our mm-hmm. undergraduates mm-hmm. or even masters for graduates mm-hmm. and just people to understand the the, the basics of looking for an opportunity mm-hmm. and i don't mean tamaking i mean mm-hmm. just applying smart out apply for a scholarship and somebody read uh, give somebody an opportunity to read your CV, 
twice. <laughs> mm. That first they go through and they're like, oh, interesting, and then they go through now to actually get what is it you are you are about. So that is that, so you, and then we lack that. Um, I don't. Is it exposure or training or what? What would you call it? That's why I said I don't know if it's for the lack of knowledge or laziness. It, mm. it, it can be outside, uh, out, outright uh, laziness. People just don't want to do their homework, and I think I'm more, I'm more inclined to that uh, theme of like people just being outright uh, lazy because mm. of the things that people tell you to do for them. People don't approach you and ask, "How can I?" get a scholarship they say can you get me a scholarship. a scholarship and in swahili it actually sounds worse it's like unaweza nitafutia ka scholarship so then it becomes ka <laughs> do you want to laugh oh <laughs> hmm? you know they, they they diminish your input they diminish the importance of whatever it is that oh, yeah, they want you to for. help them yeah yeah and then when you ask somebody okay i will help can you send me your cv they take three days to send it well i can understand if the internet was slow but then when it comes you 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 first have to take it through the editing process and you tell them can you remove this and that and this and they're like mm-hmm. uh I'll take a look and then they go for two weeks and then they come back. And I'm like, why are you serious? Is it because... the disinterest? Mm. No, people are not ready to... I think that there is a lot of like uh, instant gratification maybe. Mm. You want things to work instantly. Oh, yeah. You, and then you don't want to put any effort in making them <laughs> work. So I could think of like when we were applying for scholarships, that's a whole year process. Mm. It's not a five month, uh, six month thing. It's a whole year process because if you require an admission letter to apply for a scholarship, mm. your admission as an international student, the deadline will be somewhere around February, right? Mm-hmm. You get your response in May, June-ish. Mm-hmm. And then now you start looking for funding from that opportunity. So just applying for the the scholarships and doing all the paperwork and waiting. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you're anticipating to start in the fall of next year, you have to start applying this year. So it's mm-hmm. a whole year process. Yeah. And there are no two ways about it. And then you tell somebody, this is the process. We're going to do it this way. You start and then you're halfway through, they disappear, you know. Yeah. And then one year later, you know, they have tarmacked and they realize that first class is not going to help. Mm. <laughs> then they come back again. And then at that point, you're not even willing to, you're not ready to help anymore because you, that opportunity is already gone. Mm. And we have had people, even when something that is assured, you tell somebody, this is the opportunity that is on the table. Mm. Can you bring this and this and this within three weeks? They do the Kenyan way. You know, they mm. wait for the last minute. 
Mm-hmm. And when they're scrapping around all the things that you asked for in the last minute, and then they're trying to send them to you, forgetting that there are time differences and all that, by the time they get mm-hmm. to you, you're one day past to the deadline. They didn't mm-hmm. even check the time zone. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so I guess uh, when it comes to career conversations, we, we need to first tell our, our our students, our graduates, to just be serious with just life in general. Just there is nothing like instant gratification. So you just like when you you get your ID, you should get your passport, and then when you finish your your your, your college and you start anything. You should be updating your your CV as a it's a briefing document. Yeah, I mean even when I'm employed on a five year contract, I'm still revising my CV almost mm. every few months. You know, mm-hmm. because even the things that you've done, the skills you've gained within that job, they need to go onto your CV, and if if they're surplus, you need to have a trickle down to a, a professional profile like LinkedIn, you know. Mm. Yeah. So that's unrelated to our conversation or at least uh, attached a bit to like no, it uh, is. my it journey, is but still it is uh, something that needs to be said. Yeah, it's, it is an important... Because uh, it's, it's still part of what you're currently doing, though it's not like official. It's something mm. you, yeah, it's important to talk about them. Yep. <laughs> and I think, yeah, it it is coming from that uh, shortcut kind of thing. Like you, you think uh, if I do this, um, I'll get this, something simple. And also like the sense of time. To like uh, people don't really. Yeah, but sometimes there's no clear end. You know, there's no clear end in sight. You know, you're just doing something to take that first step. Mm. Anyway, I guess I've taken too much of your time. (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. No. So. If you want, you can switch back to to that Zoom thing for our okay. our bye bye. You have a lot so. of editing to do. <laughs> I actually don't really do a lot of editing. I enjoy the authentic uh, conversations. Yeah, but the, yeah, the clipping back the conversations. Yeah, so the cuts. Yeah, yeah, that one I'll have to do a lot of those. <laughs> All right, let me see if I still have that uh, Zoom link. Let me. I had uh, whatever I did. Anyway, thanks for coming in. Um, yeah, it's nice to have these conversations because you know every day I learn something new when uh, having these conversations with people uh, with. Uh, people who are ahead of me or whatever have experienced something else in, in their career path. It's an yeah. interesting 